Good morning, church. My name is Maurice Hooks, and my wife and I have the privilege of leading the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. And I'm glad to be able to bring the sermonian to you this morning, the communion slash sermon for you this morning. Uh, but just to let you know a little bit about me, I've lived here in New York for three years now. Actually, this month makes three years. Uh, we, I've been in a ministry for almost 30 years. And I was in a ministry in Texas, uh, led the church in Oklahoma, and actually we moved here three years ago from leading the church in Kansas City. So this was a great time, a great experience for us. And uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. My wife and I were sitting there and we were talking and saying how we wanted to continue to serve God in a different city. And we just wanted to continue to grow in our family, grow in our personal relationship with God grow in just who we are as disciples. And that's exactly what disciples should want to do. Continue to grow, continue to be better for God. You know, I appreciate last week our elders uh, coming on and just sharing with the entire church areas that they saw that they needed to grow in in their life. And that's what disciples do. Whether you're an elder, evangelist, new Christian, we should all want to continue to grow and to be better for God. And so my wife and I decided three years ago that we wanted to move. We wanted to have a new adventure to step out on faith. And my wife was actually converted here in New York City at FIT when she was on campus. So she's always wanted to move back to New York. Me, myself, I was born in Nebraska, far from New York City. The thought of living in New York City never, ever crossed my mind. And just coming to New York, uh, really, we didn't know anyone except the Powells and we knew the Markowskis. Uh, kind of knew Larry and Mary Lou, but not really. So we came to New York. We had a chance to visit. We had an interview with the elders, interview with the staff, interview with the leaders in the Bronx. And they really, really welcomed us with open arms. And so this was a great time. And so I remember having breakfast with the Markowskis and they were saying, hey, this would be a great adventure. This would be something great for you guys to do. And so we were excited. And so when the offer came, we took the offer. And we are here in New York City three years now. And so three years have passed. Uh, my daughter's first year of high school, uh, she had a student classmate who was killed, stabbed to death in her high school. And later that month, three other people were stabbed. And along with that, we moved to New Rochelle. We had no idea where that was or the Bronx or anything. So we moved to the only place available and that was in New Rochelle. And which happens to be the epicenter of the coronavirus. We had the CDC come to our house fully dressed, looking like E.T. movie or something like that. Fully dressed, swabbing us. And we're just sitting here like, what is going on? Welcome to New York City. Finally, my daughter looked over at me and she said, Dad, we're not in Kansas anymore, are we? No, we're not in Kansas. This is New York City. But honestly, we are so happy to be here. We're glad to be here. We're very encouraged. We love the Bronx. We love just being here in New York City because we wanted to grow. We wanted to be more than what we were. And that is exactly what disciples should do. Should always want to learn more, to grow more spiritually, socially, in every aspect of their life. And really, my wife and I were thinking, who would we want to learn from? Out of all the church leaders we've known over our 30 years in the ministry, 
We knew that Sam and Cynthia Powell was a couple that we really felt like we could learn and continue to grow under. Even though we led a church for 16 years, we knew we didn't know everything. We didn't have everything uh, that we needed. We still had a desire to grow because that is exactly what disciples do. We moved here because we're disciples. We said a long time ago, I did in 1991, that Jesus was Lord, which means I'll go anywhere, do anything for God. And that's what each of us said when we got baptized. Jesus is Lord. Well, what does that mean? That means Jesus is Lord on good days, on bad days, no matter what it is. Jesus is going to be Lord. Jesus is the one that is in control. So I want to encourage us today as we look into the Bible, turning over to 1 Corinthians 11. We're going to read here verse 23 through 26. 1 Corinthians 11. Paul said these very words. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, another translation of in remembrance of me, the words specifically would say to bring me to remembrance. In other words, Jesus is saying, bring me to remembrance. It's not that Jesus is not on our mind or not on our heart. No, 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 no. He's in there. But he's saying, bring him to the forefront of our minds. And that is what we need to do. Not just on Sunday, but on every single day of the week. Bring Jesus to the forefront of our minds. It means that there's a lot of other things that could be at the forefront of our mind, whether it's emotions, whether it's anger, whether it's self. It could be a lot of things that are at the forefront. Jesus could still be in there, but other things could be at the forefront of our mind. And so Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me as you do this. Bring me to the forefront of your mind. You know, memory is the chief stimulant for development. Think about it. Jesus said things over and over. He repeated to his disciples over and over and over because he wanted them to not just know it, but that they were so focused on it. It was so much in their mind that when things happened, when challenges occurred, that they could bring it to the forefront of their mind. And this is what God wants for us. He wants us to have Jesus at the forefront of our minds. You know, when you commit things to memory, what you're doing is you're, you're allowing Jesus' teachings not only to help you live a righteous life, but you're allowing Jesus' teachings to help you overcome the challenges of the world, the flaming arrows that Satan throws at us. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who was in the world. Jesus talked so much about trusting God that even his opponents, even the people that were against them, said that Jesus trusted God. Look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 41. In the same way. 
The chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the critics of Jesus said he trusts in God. This is the kind of lifestyle that Jesus lived. He didn't just say it. He did it. See, when we commit things to memory, when we put things in our heart, when we live these things out, we're able to bring them to the forefront of our minds. And that's the difference in being religious and being a disciple of Jesus. Religious people may know scriptures and that's great, but a disciple will live it out. So when challenges occur, they can bring it to the forefront of their mind. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. You say, well, that's that's kind of hard. I don't know if I can do that. You know what? Honestly, I don't wake up and, and, and that's the first thing on my mind all the time. When I'm challenged, when I'm treated in an unrighteous way and inhumanely, I don't sit and think, OK, wow, what would Jesus do at this moment? No, honestly, you know, people have a flight or fight mentality. I grew up the youngest of eight. All my life I had to fight. That's not my instinct to run away. My first thought is, oh, no, you're going to say this about me. Then I got something to say, too. We're going to handle this. I mean, my first reaction is usually anger because that is my sinful nature. And I know that I'm going to be quick to want to fight. But that's exactly what I have to understand in order to overcome and take captive those thoughts. And that's exactly what the Bible calls us to do. That's what Jesus calls for us to do, to take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. That's what he says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. Take captive those thoughts. Make them obedient to Christ. So when I'm feeling those things, I have to take them captive. Well, what does that mean? That means instead of going off of that anger, I have to bring Jesus to the forefront of my mind. And when Jesus is at the forefront, that anger needs to take a back seat. It's my choice. But I said, Jesus is Lord. So if he's Lord, I need to make him Lord and not decide he's going to be Lord when I feel like it. And then I don't feel like it. No, Jesus is Lord. We have to fight our sinful nature. We have to bring Jesus to the forefront of our minds. You know, in conversations about racial issues, especially I get upset. I get frustrated. So does that mean I just need to be quiet? No, absolutely not. I don't even know if that's possible for me to just be quiet. But I'm still going to bring Jesus to the forefront of my mind when I'm having conversations. That's what a disciple does. Now, a religious person will say whatever they want and God bless you at the end of it. No, that's the religious. That's not a disciple of Jesus. But when you bring Jesus to the forefront of your mind, you can hear and listen and learn and grow and move on and make changes because Jesus is at the forefront. It doesn't mean those things don't exist. It just means you have to make a decision who's going to be at the front. So Jesus, he heard people. He heard the woman at the well. Jesus heard the tax collectors. He heard the children's cry. He heard the oppressed. We, if we're going to say we're disciples of Jesus, we have to learn to listen 
to each other, to hear each other out. That is so important for us to do. We cannot say we're disciples of Jesus if we don't live the way Jesus lived. Is it easy? It's not easy. But you knew that becoming a Christian. Every single one of us has a sinful nature. But sometimes we think when we're baptized, we've gotten rid of it and it's all over with. It's never going to be over with. It's a daily battle to overcome our sinful nature. And this is what we must do. How do you overcome it? You bring Jesus to the forefront. You do what you do in remembrance of him. So as we take communion, we got to bring Jesus to the forefront. But it's not over there. Because every day you read your Bible and you pray, you bring Jesus to the forefront. Every day that you live like a Christian, you bring Jesus to the forefront. It's not just a Sunday thing. Every time you read your Bible, that's bringing Jesus to the forefront. So if you're not in your word, if you're not praying, you can't bring Jesus to the forefront. So then we just act religious instead of as disciples should act. It is important for us to bring Jesus to the forefront. You say, well, I don't know. That, that's a challenge. Because if I did, how do I know everybody else is going to do it? It's not about everybody else. Jesus died for each one of us. But let me say this. If you're doubting, then Jesus is probably going to say to you the same thing he said to Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. You know, God is in control. God is in control. The issue for each one of us is, are we going to bring Jesus to the forefront? Are we going to remember Jesus? Are we going to live a life that brings Jesus out into the forefront? You know, change is going to come. Disciples make change. Disciples change things. Disciples change the world. The issue is, are we going to be disciples? And see, this is why Jesus died for each and every one of us. So we can be disciples. So we can be like Jesus on this earth. That's how change is going to come. For you and I to trust in God. For you and I to live the way God calls for us to, to, to do. Change is going to come if we live as disciples. Your life is going to change. Your marriage is going to change. Your family is going to change. Change is going to come. But we have to live as disciples of Jesus. How do you do that? You bring Jesus to the forefront of your mind. As we take communion right now, I want to call each of us, not just to take the bread and the cup and just to be happy, but to realize as I'm taking the bread and the cup, I'm proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. I'm bringing Jesus to the forefront of my mind. I'm bringing Jesus to my family. I'm bringing Jesus into my household. I'm bringing Jesus into my neighborhood. I'm bringing Jesus into my state. I'm bringing Jesus into my life and the life of those around me. This is what the communion and being a disciple of Jesus is all about. Bringing Jesus to the forefront. Do this in remembrance of me is the words Jesus left for us. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to have an opportunity to commune with you, to know you, to know that you're with us right now, to know that you're going to be with us tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God, regardless of what's going on, you are in control. And I pray that each and every one of us 
can remember that Satan's going to come after us with our sinful nature, with anger, with frustration, with insecurity, with doubt, with impurities. But yet, Father, you've given us the Holy Spirit. You've allowed your son to die for us so we can be greater than those that are in the world. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen.